Hello, Podicumans, and welcome to another episode of the Podicesis Podcast, a podcast about what Christians believe and why it matters. I'm Brett Maddox, and once again, we're joined by your very best friends and members of the Atlanta Braves bullpen back in 1997, Jim Morrow and Alan Kaysen. How are hey, you guys doing? If only, <laughs> man, I would. <laughs> That'd been amazing. <laughs> That's so, awesome. I did. Except now, I think I they did need more int- members of their bullpen now than they did back then. You know, so. like I did attend a making Braves game. Uh, oh, there you go. I don't, oh. And let me let me let me add this. Chipper Jones was playing Ooh, before he yeah, was on the Braves. Enough. Thank you. Very we're talking. Much. We're talking about minor league. Check yeah. this out. Yeah. So I grew up near the Jacksonville Suns. And uh, who would you remember the Jacksonville Suns? Okay. <laughs> but listen, do you remember when Michael Jordan took a stint in baseball? Yes. Oh my God. I saw Michael Jordan play. My uncle Shut is such mouth. a sports fan and he got us down near the dugout and he's got signed, signed baseballs from Michael Jordan. Oh my God. That's awesome. I mean, those aren't yeah, worth anything, but day. you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they made a, they made a documentary about, uh, his time in baseball called, and they called it space jam. <laughs> that is hilarious uh, anyway so i love it well, <laughs> well we're so glad to have our podokesis community join us um if y'all would hit us up on apple itunes with a five-star review that would be helpful for us there share us with your friends and your family wherever you find your uh your uh, favorite podcast and we're we're continuing on this discussion about um the moral law and moving into the Ten Commandments. Um, we hope you would go back and listen, if you haven't yet, to our last episode where we kind of introduced this idea of moral obligation for the Christian, Christian duty, if you want to call it that. Um, Alan, I just want to see if I can make you laugh. <laughs> Not, nothing is, wrong guys, with, why is, why nothing is wrong with doing our duty. It's because Alan likes the game Call of Duty, guys. That's what the, that's what the inside joke is. That's what the inside joke is. Hey, listen. Yeah. Um, so we have a whole catalog of back episodes now. Can you believe yeah. that? I know it's crazy. It's yeah. kind of um, weird. We could almost release greatest hits clips. It would be a three second tape, but we yes. could do it. Um, More like a bloopers reel. <laughs> so those episodes, they're not really bound by time, you know, because we're talking about theology and and things of God and uh, the Christian life. Sometimes we do mention things that maybe are happening in the moment, sure. um, but it hasn't been too long ago, just a few weeks that we recorded the episode uh, on the, the benefits of the Christian of death and resurrection. That's right. Yeah. And so uh, in that episode, that episode recorded uh, two days before my family experienced uh, death in our extended family and released, say, what was it, the day, two days after. So right in the middle of the recording and the, the release of that episode, we personally experienced uh, pretty deep loss in our extended family. And it turns out that this person was one of the earliest and most fervent supporters yes. of the Potokesis podcast. Yes. Um, and then um, without getting too far into it, just there's been a little bit of, of loss around uh, at, around the time of that episode. And I went back and listened and it's so beautiful to think about and to spend time remembering. Guys, this is why we talk about the basics of the Christian faith, right. why Christian belief matters, is to be able to sit down and say, in the midst of all this, do I still believe in what God says about human life, about death, about resurrection and glory? Um, and it matters deeply to be able to have that. So so it, there was something I don't know if the word is providence, but there, I just sense a divine activity around yeah. my own life um, in the timing of all of those things. Um, and maybe even today, there's a deeper uh, appreciation for what God does in life and death than there was when we recorded that episode. Mm-hmm. And so I thought it would be good. I just wanted to share that with our community. Um just remember that that episode is out there and some others that you might like. Um, just as a reminder, hey, look, we're not just talking heady stuff. Um, we're talking about stuff that we want. What we want it to do is dig a deep trench in our hearts so that it, when it rains, it goes in the direction of God. Mm. Amen. So, amen. Okay, preach. Come on. Yeah, that's, yeah. Very well, good. and it's funny. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, and I think we've all experienced some, some pain and some um some grief 
in various ways here recently. And it's a sudden realization. Do, am I going to practice what I teach and what I preach, mm. you know, and are, yes. are we going to hold on to the things that we know are true, um, in our darkest, deepest, um, moments. Right. And so I think that's a good reminder. When it's uh, hard to us. believe, it's hard to believe there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's true. easy to yeah. believe today. Like and, it's easy and, to believe and talk. Like, uh, it's one for thing for me to say it to somebody else who's dealing with it. Then, then, Oh, I need to say it back to myself. Uh, yeah. when I'm experiencing right. that same, uh, that same feeling. Yeah. You know, over the last 14 days or so, that, that exact same, that episode has come back to me as well. I mean, just how, I don't know, as you said, providential, but how poignant that episode was mm. right before we, we got into this kind of season where, where we've been. Man, we Even were with, so silly on that episode. Oh, do you remember? No. <laughs> I do like remember. some of my best and dumbest jokes are on that episode. It's kind of, it's, it's a blessing a little bit. Yeah. yeah. We talked about the benefits of death and resurrection. But that's, like I mean, insurance. To, to be honest, I mean, that's that's every episode for you, yeah, right? That's I mean, that's, yeah, that's right. Okay. And that's uh, by the way, this is my last so episode much. of the Body Pieces podcast. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Well, uh, right. we are uh, we are getting into now the Ten Commandments, um, and we're going to be spending quite a bit of time over these next several several episodes uh, within this important um, important piece from Scripture itself. And you know what's interesting is the word Ten Commandments is not necessarily in Scripture itself. In fact, later on in the Book of Exodus, it is they're called the Ten Words. Um, and so, uh, but and, and and the Ten Commandments. If you read them, you know, we, we know that there are 613 laws included, the Ten Commandments here, but there's something different about these Ten Commandments from uh, everything else. And so we're going to kind of look at this and, and, and see what's important about the Ten Commandments, because we, as we said in the last episode, we believe that uh, they, they still matter for us, uh, for us today. And so we've got a couple of questions dealing with what's called the preface of the Ten Commandments. Um, or the prologue of the Ten Commandments. And so we're going to deal with these. These questions and answers, of course, come from John Wesley's revision of the Westminster Shorter Catechism. And we're going to be looking at questions uh, 43 and 44 uh, today uh, from that. So uh, we're going to go through the questions first, and we'll come back and, and, and talk about some Scripture and, and go in depth with them. So the question, uh, question 43, uh, what is the preface to the Ten Commandments? The preface to the Ten Commandments is in these words, I am the Lord your God who has brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And that is a quotation from Exodus 22 um, before the, the rest of the Ten Commandments. That's right. That's right. Exodus uh, 20, verse 2. Yes. Yeah, right. Well, that's, Not yes. Thank you, Jim. <laughs> There's... All of you Enneagram types, can you type me right now? Can you pick out my type right now? I Exodus, don't think you can do it. Exodus 20, chapter 20, verse 2. two. Yes. Okay. And then uh, question number 44, uh, what does the preface or prologue to the Ten Commandments teach us? Well, the preface to the Ten Commandments teaches us that because God is the Lord and our God and our Redeemer, Therefore, we are bound to keep all his commandments. Right. And so uh, our, our scripture proofs for this uh, are coming from Luke and from First Peter, and uh, we're going to hear from those now. Yeah. So in Luke chapter 1, which is, I believe, y'all catch me if I'm wrong here, trivia, is this the longest chapter in the New Testament? I, I, I it's, think a it is. it's a it long one. It's a long one. It's a long one. Uh, chapter uh, verse 74 uh, through 75. This is in Zechariah's prophecy um, as uh, after John the Baptist is born. But these are just beautiful verses to meditate on. Um, and it starts in the middle of a sentence as verses do. Praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> that we being rescued from the hands of our enemies might serve him without fear in righteousness and holiness before him all our days. I mean, it's just beautiful that rescued from our enemies, and, and you wonder what Zechariah is calling back to. You have the Exodus, you have um, the, the way that God has brought the, them back from exile in various parts of their history, um, various victories that they've been, the Israelite people have been delivered from. And I wonder if he has on his mind 
maybe Roman occupation <laughs> that yeah. he would love to be delivered from them. But the idea is we have been saved and therefore we should serve him. And I love this without fear in righteousness and holiness. Mm. What an Amen. open, beautiful way to serve God. Yes, absolutely. And so, so that's picking up and, and emphasizing the way that the catechism has interpreted the first section of the Ten Commandments. And then over in First Peter chapter 1, verse 15 through 19, these are the words. Instead, he who called you is holy. I love this verse so much. As the one who called you is holy, be holy yourselves in all your conduct, for it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And that's quoting the Old Testament. If you invoke as father the one who judges all people impartially according to their deeds, live in reverent fear during the time of your exile. You know that you are ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. That's a beautiful thing. So again, we're taking this idea that because God has served you, saved you in these ways, and now First Peter brings out the fullness of by the blood of Jesus Christ, therefore serve him. Mm. And I love, I just, anytime that the Bible says, reminds me of how holy God is, it, it just gives me chills because it's beautiful. Amen to that. One of the things I love about this answer and what it's alluding to here, especially when you look at uh, the preface um, in uh, uh, to the Ten Commandments, is how personal God is, mm. um, how He is a God uh, that is for His people, yes, and He is a redeeming God. And that idea of redeeming means to purchase back or to make part of the family once again. And um, so there's that language there of uh, the Ten Commandments teaches us that because God is Lord, and that word Lord there um, in the biblical sense is very important because what gets translated Lord is the name of God, which would be Yahweh, with this kind of uh, personal God that could be known. Um, and that we see in Exodus, I think it's Exodus 3, right, as uh, um, uh, Moses has that encounter with the burning bush. Um, I could be wrong on that reference there, but that I, I do believe it's Exodus, very first part of Exodus, where we see Yahweh kind of being highlighted um, for the first time. And then you've got, so God is Lord, this named God, um, and our God. Mm. He's ours. And he's a redeemer. And so this personal God who can be known has a mission to make his people right again. Bring right. you know. And and that's just a and so because of that, a response is demanded, right? Like there there that 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 love, that grace that demands a response. And that response would be obedience, keeping his commands. And I, I <laughs> I think that really highlights why the Ten Commandments matters. Like the prologue itself opens up for us what, what is going on here with the Ten Commandments. It sets the stage, it sets the foundation why the Ten Commandments matter. And so uh, right off the bat, we see that the, the, the Exodus story is important, right? Like uh, the Ten Commandments, it starts off with a, an allusion to the Exodus story. Um, the, the, the house of bondage, the house of slavery, uh, the Exodus story is important. In fact, if I'm wrong, um, Jim and Alan, y'all tell me I'm wrong here. Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, worry. Don't worry. Was that ever in doubt? <laughs> but I believe that all the covenants in the Old Testament, um, especially you know from the Mosaic Covenant on, have an allusion to the Exodus event. Um, I could be wrong on that. I do know the covenant of on Sinai. The, the this this cov the what's called the Mosaic covenant has that allusion to the exit. But God reveals Himself throughout the Old Testament as I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the out of the um, out of Egypt. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of slavery in Egypt. Like this becomes a central feature of how God identifies Himself to His people over and over and over and over again. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. So the Exodus story becomes a very important piece um, of not only who the people of God are, but of who God is. Yes. Yeah. And, and of course, it's the central salvation story of the Old Testament. Correct. And Correct. it becomes the image, not just here, but everywhere. I mean, right. Passover is associated with the Exodus, 
Right. And then Passover is, uh, I mean, Jesus is associated deeply with the Passover. There's right. just tons of stuff like that. I, Absolutely. So I, you know, as you were talking, I just, um, I love the idea that God is both personal, Yahweh, mm-hmm. but our God. And that, that's, that's pl- plural. That's, that's community. So yes. he's, he's individual. Like he is, he is my God, but he's also your God. He's our God. Um, and that's represented in the fact that uh, he rescued all of Israel, not just an individual, but all of Israel mm-hmm. out of slavery um, in Egypt. Um, and so these commands that we're going to get into are not just um, these are commands that you have to follow, but these are commands that we have to follow together in community together. Yes. Um, yes. So it's not just, you know, you on your own trying to, to follow them, but it's us together um, in response to God, who is our Redeemer and our our Savior, our Lord, our God, um, it's us doing these and following God together in community. Um, uh, but also that God knows me personally and intimately um, as Yahweh. So right, so you know good. the verse. The verse says, "I am the Lord your God," and "your" is one of those words. It's the second person. Is it singular? Is it plural? Well. The way to fix that, the way to know if you or you is singular or plural is to translate in South Georgian. It should say, I'm y'all's God. (laughs) I'm the Lord y'all's God. So whoever translates, these translators, like I love them. But yeah. they need to meet some South Georgian people. Amen. Yes. Amen. Can I get Amen. It? That's that's absolutely true. Um, so uh, John Wesley, he has a ex- explanation, explanatory notes on the Old Testament, on the New Testament, and um, I was reading his explan- um, explanatory note on this verse, and it really struck me. If y'all don't mind, here um, a time. Let me just read this. It's a little bit on the lengthy side, but just hear these words. I think he 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 hits. And highlights exactly what y'all both were saying here. Um, For the part of, I am the Lord thy God, Wesley says, herein God asserts his own authority to enact this law and proposes himself as the sole object of that religious worship, which is enjoined in the first four commandments. They uh, They are here bound to obedience because God is the Lord, Yahweh, self existent, independent, eternal and the fountain of all being and power. Therefore, he has an uncontestable right to command us. Two, he was their God, and a, uh, a God in covenant with them, their God by their own consent. He had brought them out of the land of Egypt. Therefore, they were bound in gratitude to obey him because they had brought them out of the grievous Um, because he had brought them out of the grievous slavery into a glorious liberty. By redeeming them, he had acquired a a farther right to rule them. They owed their service to him, to whom they owed their freedom. And thus Christ, having rescued us out of the bondage of sin, it is, is entitled to the best service we can do to him. The first four commandments concern our duty to God. It was fit, it was fit, though um, it was fit those should be put first because man had made maker made a, had a maker to love before he had a neighbor to love and justice and charity are then only acceptable to god when they flow from the principles of piety and so i i know that was a long reading there it's an, loved it uh, it's an explanation uh, um, he he's he's laying out this kind of explaining this perp the, the this verse um and uh, and he's right on. He is right on. That's that is a, a wonderful. I, we almost need to link that. One of the things y'all should take a look sometime. Can yes. we put a link to the explanatory notes? Yes, yes, I can um, put that on. It's the just show notes. it's just so good. Yeah. Um, and Brad, I, I thank you for for looking them up. You must have like your cable must have gone out or something. You actually had some time to <laughs> to, to, to read to those. Read That's a good job. And to see yeah. What's to see what's going on? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So while that's a really good, that's really beautiful. You know, one thing that is interesting that I'd love to point out is a little bit of the, it's not theological bias, but the theological flavor of the catechism is coming out yeah. here in the way that it calls this the preface or the pre, uh, what does it call it? The preface? The preface the, or prologue. I've seen yeah, it. Yeah, you call different. it the prologue. Yeah. This doesn't call it that. Yeah, it calls um, it the preface. Yeah. But um, it's not always that way. There are, for example, 
in um, Threads of Judaism, this is the first commandment. Yeah, yeah. And in a few, in a few um, reformed, Calvin-centered um, Christian denominations or sects, mm -hmm. it is the first commandment. Isn't that mm -hmm. interesting? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, the, uh, it's just number different. The text is all the same, right? Uh, and I think we talked about last week between uh, maybe in some Orthodox and Roman Catholic traditions, they number some in between them differently too. But the text That's is right. all the same. Yeah, in fact, uh, some of the commentaries I was reading on the this verse would talk about the Ten Commandments themselves, as there's a lot of scholarly debate about these type of issues. But the wording is the same. It's the same. It's the same. Um, the only reason why, kind of traditionally, this has been called the preface or the prologue to the Ten Commandments is because it within itself is not a command. It's just a, it? a, it's an identification of who God is. Sure. That's right. So, however, however, when you enjoin it with the first, it could be an appositive, like a description. Right. That's true. Because of this, therefore, you know. Yeah, right. I, I will say no this, though. Have you ever skipped a preface in a book? No, yeah. I read everything. Okay, well, this is not going to work with the two of you. But for <laughs> some other people, for some other people, you might skip the preface. You might go yeah. like to chapter one um, in a book. Well, you don't skip this preface. Okay, right? This is, absolutely. This, this is what informs this preface informs the rest of it of the That's book, so right. to speak. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so one of the. Uh, one of the questions that comes up is this idea of binding us to to obedience, being bound. So it's interesting. This this talks about um, uh, delivering us from slavery, but then the, the but then the catechism says we are then bound to 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 service. We're bound to obedience. So this just gets gets me to asking the question, and it's one that um, I think even Saint Paul will bring up um, from time to time about what it means to truly be free. In Christ, right? What 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 true freedom is, and uh, biblically speaking, uh, true freedom is not the absence of duty, right? It's not the absence of obligation. It's not the absence of 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 of, of obedience. No, true freedom is being obedient to the right thing or to the right mm, person. That's, that's right. Oh yeah. So let's um. You 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 talked about Paul. So Romans six is yeah. um six fifteen. I'm just going to read this real quick. Um, yeah. He says, What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? By no mm -hmm. means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey, whether you're slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness? Mm -hmm. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. Mm -hmm. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I think you're right. It's like um, just because we're free in Christ doesn't um, doesn't get us out of out of obedience. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't it doesn't get us a get out of obedience free card. Um, so uh, we just have we have, we've we've just um, given our allegiance to some something else other than, from sin. To Christ, um, and and here in the Ten Commandments, would be um, to God and mm -hmm. to obedience to Him out of His saving grace from freeing the Egyptians out of out of slavery in Egypt. So yes, there's also another way that we that this helps us to be free. Um, it's to recognize that you to be joyfully free. You're mm -hmm. never going to be fully joyful in the ways that you're created to be if you are not seeking the one who made you in whom you live and move and have your being. Um, cause you're going to be doing something that you're not built for. It's like, um, hammering the nail with the wrench. Um, it's gonna, it can work, but you're going to break both things eventually. Right. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> have y'all ever, right. have you seen the article that came out a few days ago about how the Roomba, do you know what a Roomba is? Yeah. It's the, it's the robotic automatic vacuum cleaner. Right how the Roomba will be more able to sense, let's just say, animal droppings on the floor <laughs> and, and avoid them instead of spreading them around. That's good to know. The Roomba's, the Roomba's meant for vacuuming. It's not meant for moving other things around. Yeah. So, and so, it's going to operate best when it's doing the thing it's made to do. Yeah. Right. And we are made for God. 
Right. And so that's, that's so it's good. not only that you can choose the, uh, something else and you won't be happy. It's that you simply, you will break. You're not made for anything other than God. Right. Don't be uh, the Roomba with the... <laughs> actually... <laughs> I got to stop. <laughs> what I heard you say was that the Roomba was going to do its duty better. <laughs> can't we are children <laughs> the, we are children we are we are the that middle is, uh, the the Potakesis community already knew that we are a bunch of middle fantastic. schoolers so we it's, it's fine are it's children fun. that's we why have, they tune in that's why that's they tune it is in. i think we so. have the maturity so. of eighth graders hey so i like uh, it though i mean I, lo- I love that i mean like um you know do, do what you're called to do you know uh do i mean if you don't you know i love the wrench and the and the nail that's a good that's a good that's yeah um, also like the Roomba. <laughs> Brevard, uh, Brevard Childs, who's an Old Testament professor, uh, um, wrote about this very issue here about Israel and obligation and the Ten, and the Ten Commandments, the moral law. He wrote that um, Israel does not become the people of God by doing the commandments, but yes. because she has been chosen and redeemed, she receives the divine law as a proper response to God's grace. So the commandments themselves, doing them is not what makes us children of God. Do, being obedient just to them is not—it is our response to who God is. Well, I think that's what, what Paul—you know, when we, 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 we like to um, put Paul and James fighting off uh, against each other, the works and verse, verse grace and, and stuff like, like that. that old MTV show, Cage Map. Uh, what is it? <laughs> A cage Match? Do you remember that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Uh, death, uh, um, yeah, I know it's your Death Match or whatever. Yeah. I yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. James. James. Paul. Paul Deathmatch. <laughs> weighing in at, I don't know, because he's in a Roman jail. Paul the Apostle. <laughs> Anyways. And in the other corner, James, who believes that you must have works, the brother of Jesus. <laughs> yeah, so our works are not, a, ding, are ding, not ding. Our, our works and our obedience are not what save us. It's his response to God's right. grace who has already saved us. So. Right, right. That's right. And I'm going to give you one more, one more. And y'all correct my thinking here. There's also something to be said about how these commandments are given to a people who will then be shaped into the kind of people that um, the Lord wants us to be. Right. So it's not just simply, it, it, it is also not just, okay, let me say this again. It's not just that you obey because God has done this, but also as you do this, you will become the kind of people that God would like you to be holy as God is holy. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so, so it's a shaping as well as an obedience. I don't know if this is other people. And I think I've experienced maybe individuals who resist Christianity and religion for this reason, but the pure obedience for the sake of obedience always causes something uh, to press in me. And that could be, I don't know, that could be psychological issues. I don't know, but I think there's a more full explanation um, than obey because you have to. Um, and I, th- I think that what we can bring to the table as theological thinkers and teachers and biblical teachers is there is a more robust than that. The reality is that, I don't know about you, but there's a point in my life where like, I yearn to obey that. Yeah. I yearn yeah. to, uh, and it's not even something that I have to choose to obey. It's something that I yearn to do. Like I want, of course we all fall short, but if you think about Psalm 119, where it talks about how I delight in the law. Mm-hmm. Um, how, you know, your word, your law is a lamp unto my feet and a light mm-hmm. to my path. There's something shaping and forming. There's something about what the spirit of God can do in us that actually leads us to yearn mm-hmm. to live the way of God. Yeah. So I don't know. Do other Does the obedience word ever push on anybody else's buttons or is it just me? No, it does me. Absolutely. I'm, I'm 100% with you there um, because obedience is... Um, it, it pushes my rebellion button. It does. Um, and, 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 I, and I think the answer to that isn't, well, that's just how sinful you are. Get over it. I think, I think what we can do is think more ro- really robustly and end up in a place of obedience, but having thought about the full gamut of what that means. Yeah. Yeah. Alan's um, not rebellious. No, I'm he good. Just, I'm good. No, he's, he's good. He's good. He's good. <laughs> he's, he's good. You know, what's interesting is you're, as you're sharing this, um, McDonald, uh, the one who wrote the commentary in the, be- 
Thank you, Jim. Yes. Um, the one who um, wrote the commentary for Wesley's shorter uh, revision of the shorter catechism, um, he, he writes uh, that continually to, in response to this, continually to preach the gospel privileges without urging the demands of the law is, though pleasant to the flesh, a very dangerous evangelism. Um, this, uh, it's, it's almost what Bonhoeffer would call like cheap grace, this yeah. idea that there's nothing that we need to respond with, with God's grace in our lives. And so, uh, or God's grace to our lives. So, uh, uh, y'all are familiar with um, Wesley's general rules, right? What are yes. they there to, what, do no harm and... Uh, do good. Do good and to... Attend to the ordinances, to the ordinances. of God. Now, we in um, certain Wesleyan circles, we like to throw those out there as showing, hey, I've read some Wesley before, and um, this is what we're, you know, we actually just, we do with Wesley what we do with Scripture, and we proof text it to mean something we want it to mean for ourselves or our agendas or whatever <laughs> we also We also mistake just Wesley's general rules, which are ways that a society would behave, which are actually not as short as those few sentences. Right, exactly. They're much more fleshed out, and we, and we, we say, hey, that's what we mean by Methodist doctrine. That's right. Well, that's not true. Right, and so um, uh, uh, in, in McDonald's uh, commentary on this, um, he actually explains that out. He, like, he, he, he lists out, like, for do no harm, how long that is, like what, what that looks like, what does it mean to do no harm, and it's just this grand list of, uh, of items there. And, and he will sum this up where he will say, if Wesley is right, those who seek to abolish the rules, these general rules, mm-hmm. are aiming to at rebellion and subversion of the authority of the Most High, to be a Christian is a more serious undertaking than is generally supposed. Uh, Break that that, that, down a little for us. Okay, so the idea here is that um, I guess back in maybe McDonald's day, um, and even in our day today, how we, like I was saying earlier, we we don't want to look at the details of what it means to do no harm. Mm-hmm. We think we know what do no harm means, but if you actually read what Wesley writes about do no harm, it doesn't like because a lot of what do no harm is is obligation on us. It's yeah. it, it is is a call to us about how we are to live our life. It requires us to be transformed and to be changed by the grace of God, not to be who we were anymore. And so um, this idea of um, pushing it away or whatever, um, it's actually aiming, as McDonald would say, towards rebellion against yeah. the commands of God, our obligation uh, to, to God, to, his, yes. to who, what he has called us to do. Man, so good. Yeah, it's awesome. And so, um, so, so in referring to Wesley's general rules, he's saying if, you were, if a Methodist at the time was to avoid those, they would be in rebellion. Yes. So I, I'm, and, I'm actually I'm yeah. turning to it now to kind of— I'm struggling of, a little with that yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is what he said. Because well, Wesley's I'm, rules are not the Ten Commandments. That That is absolutely true. But he's speaking—so here—he's using what—well, let me—it's um, best if I just do it this way. He goes, um, <clears throat> uh, all right, here we go. All right, so— um, Right after that line that I was just I just read mm-hmm. to y'all, um, he says Wesley's rules of society plainly imply a much fuller account of the scheme of Christian duty than they contain. The rules mm. are grouped together under three heads: do no harm, do good, attending to upon all the ordinances of God. Under each um, under each head, certain duties are specified, evidently as examples of many more, um, and, and, and evidently as examples of many more unmentioned. And mm. these examples were plainly chosen with a view to the evils particularly present in Wesley's day. Thus, under the heading "Do No Harm," for example, it is stated that the members of the societies should continue to evidence their desire of salvation by avoiding evil of every kind, especially that which is more generally practiced, such as taking the name of God in vain, profaning the day of the Lord, drunkenness, fighting, quarreling, etc., buying and selling uncustom goods, uncharitable and unprofitable conversation, doing to others what we have not, um, as we would not have them do to us, doing what we know is not for the glory of God, and wearing like costly apparel, taking uh, uh, um, divisions and reading, um, uh, uh, diversions and reading, um, mm-hmm. 
uh, let's see, softness and needle, uh, needless self-indulgence and on. I mean, he just kind of lays out over and over again. And so um, I think what, um, what McDonald is getting at here, yet yeah, these are not the Ten Commandments, that's right. But the Ten Commandments open us up to this understanding of what moral obligation means yes. to us. Um, moral obligation, uh, you know, is deeper than just saying, okay, we're going to say, all right, uh, you know, I haven't murdered anybody, so I must be doing everything right. Well, are you murdering somebody with the way you talk about them? Are you killing them yeah. through your actions toward them? Are you are you are you not promoting life? Yeah. Um, yeah, when I look at like the you know one of the reasons why, for example, I'm just going to throw this out there. One of the reasons why I am um, I am against the death penalty is because because of the the commandment to do to to not kill, to not murder. Mm. That's yeah. why. Now, so um, so the Ten Commandments themselves. So Wesley. So coming from this out of Wes, Wesley's understanding or Wesley's uh, teaching of these general rules, they, they're in, they're um, they're informed by his understanding of the commands, the moral law, the the Ten Commandments, the the commands of God. Wesley didn't just make these up. He's fulfilling it. He's saying it impacts all our lives. Yeah. And when we just focus and say, "All right, I'm going to do no harm." But we don't understand what that means. Like it's a transformational living. It's 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 a living that is obligatory towards obeying God. Like it, we, there's an obligation we have that we do as a response to the grace of God given to us. Yeah. And so that that I think that's where we're getting at here. Yeah. Is yeah. I love it. I'm sorry. I was, yeah. I was just preaching and no, here. I'm bring it on. Yeah. That's uh, that's great content. It, it it's. It, it reminds us that it's not just rules. It's also we we have an obligation to be subservient to authority, to a, yes. the authority of God, um, and that that that's a part of what colors our obedience to this. Yes. Is it's well, not just yeah. here's a rule that I do, right. but the one that I'm doing it for. Way that's to really sum good. up in thirty seconds what I just said. <laughs> that's perfect. That's oh, that's great. That's, that's perfect. great. That's perfect. That's I love right. it. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Authority is hard. It uh, is. It is. And yeah. I think that one of the one of the things that we're seeing in and a lot of a lot of uh, let me say Christianity over the years has been right. difficulty with submission of various kinds. Now we've also seen submission and authority taken way out of hand. Yeah. So when it when it works well, there's a beautiful semblance where it mimics um, it mimics even say the relationship of Christ to the Father. I would say. Oh yeah. Um, that's a good, when it's yeah, bad, yeah. when it's bad, it's abusive. When it's absent, it is chaotic. Yeah. Um, yeah, good stuff. You know, uh, one uh, one uh, line from a, a uh, from a commentator that I read uh, said that that these commands are not given so that we could be good citizens, <laughs> and that took me back to kind of our conversation that we were having last time uh, about like the public display of the Ten Commandments and all this kind of stuff. I don't want to rehash all that argument. Y'all can go back to our other, our last episode and hear all that, but uh, that the commands are not given that we could be good citizens, but so that we can reflect, as you just said, reflect even more fully the image of God in which we participate through our union with the risen Christ. Yes. Beautiful stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So So, can I ask you a question, Brett? Yes, please. Can I do this on air? This yeah, would probably well, be a better question asked in person. Have ha, tell us a little bit about how you because you mentioned your position on the death penalty yes. being. Can I ask this question? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Being informed by the Ten Commandments, have you engaged with or tell us how you've engaged with various interpretations uh, in moral Christian moral circles? Because mm-hmm. um, you know there's there there are Christian distinctions. Uh, murder, killing, killing justice, yeah. right. etc. cetera. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and this isn't to pick at you or disagree with you at all, because I don't disagree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but just so that maybe people can, instead of saying, oh, well, Brett thinks this or that, they can understand a little yeah. bit about. That's that's a very, actually, very good question. In fact, I, I shared for about 20 minutes yesterday uh, with a, some college students about, about this very, very mm-hmm. thing. Um, for me, it's not, and yes, informed by the Ten Commandments, but not like not completely. Like um, I'm also reading the teachings of Jesus about loving your enemies and mm-hmm. forgiving those who, uh, you know, for forgiving, mm-hmm. practicing forgiveness, and sure. um, um, turning the other cheek, and all these things. Like I'm looking at the entire uh, biblical picture of redemption, and I'm looking at all this stuff, 
And, um, and then I also see and I read and I understand studies of innocent folks being killed by the state and all this kind of stuff. So I just I look at all this and um, I see the different interpretations people put out there between kill and, you know, kill and murder and what all this. And individuals, individuals and the state. That's right. And the state yeah. responsibility and, and, and all that. And for me personally, what it comes down to is um, – I am. Um, I'm also pro-life, uh, and 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 I'm unabashed about that. And but I'm pro-life across the board, um, from mm-hmm. from the womb to the grave. I'm pro-life, and that means the the biblical teachings that I see from Jesus, the biblical teachings I see from uh, from all of Scripture, the whole scriptural testimony revealed to us. It it informs me to have these views of uh, that life is important, and life is important at all stages. And if life is important, and if vengeance is mine, says the Lord, it is not my place mm-hmm. to to do that or to uplift that. Uh, my place is to uh, promote a place where life transformation can happen, where the gospel can be proclaimed, where people can be redeemed, where um, forgiveness can be enacted. Um, that is my place. That is what I am called uh, called to do. And so, when I read Scripture, when I read the teachings of Jesus on this, when I see um, when what I see the actions of Christians in the New Testament uh, uh, church, and then you go on even pa- pa- past that into the um, uh, into the second, third, and fourth centuries, and see how they're responding to people who are persecuting them and all this kind of stuff, I'm not seeing uh, uh, teachings that says we're going to uphold. You know, uh, we're we're going to uphold life in this piece, but not in this piece. Mm. I do understand. I do understand that in the Old Testament there were places for an eye for an eye, a, a <laughs> you know, a tooth for a tooth, what you know, a limb for a limb. Um, but those seems those even a life for a life. I do get that. I understand that. But then you get to the teachings of Jesus as the fulfillment of the law Himself where he is sitting there and saying, turn the other cheek to love your enemies, to to do these things. And I've got to just, if life is important, I have chosen Brett Maddox to not support yeah. the death penalty. Like, I just, I can't do that. Now, here's the kicker. I talk about consistency, but I, I could also be considered very inconsistent because I'm not a pacifist. Mm. I'm not a pacifist. In terms of one who promotes no violence by persons or the state. That's, that's correct. I'm not because I, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a pacifist. So I get that. And I've got a lot of work on me. Maybe that's an area of perfection that needs to come in my, come well, my and, way. And the nature of my question wasn't to press on you personally, but. Um, no, no, no. But, but I, 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 one I, of the, I, I've thought a lot about this. And yeah. And, yeah. and that's a good thing. And one of the things that I think that I want to express to our community is, um, the, the way in which considering the strengths and weaknesses of arguments for and against things, Christians have done a lot of thinking yeah. through yeah. this biblical engagement throughout our history. Um, and the more in which you engage that, you can be able to say, you can be able to help people either understand where you're coming from, right? understand what maybe we all agree the scriptures teach, right. or maybe even help somebody to form a new opinion. Right. Um, because they can't just say, well, Brett, you haven't. They say, no, well, let me tell you how I engage with this line of thinking, this one and that one. Um, Maybe I should have saved it till the time we got to the commandment about thou shalt not murder. (laughs) No, what I was going to say too is um, I tell people all the time, I'm the last person in the world that's ever had his mind changed because I will will take a good argument and I will, I I seriously um, allow arguments to, I seriously think about arguments. I seriously think yep. about way people stand on things. I've not always been anti-death penalty. Mm-hmm. I've not always been, um, for example, um, I have no problem. I even promote women as ordained ministers, but I've not always been there. Mm-hmm. It took me researching and reading and and pouring myself in there into that um, until I was convinced that it was Okay, that it was of, yeah, of, of was the, true. The, it was true. It was, it was fine. Yeah. But the same was true with infant baptism. There was a time in my life where I was not, uh, I was not a believer in infant baptism. But I knew that I was being called into ministry, and I was in the United Methodist system, and I had to figure that out mm-hmm. because either a, I didn't agree, I wasn't going to agree with it, and I wasn't going to be United Methodist, um, or I was going to agree with it. And but if I, I wasn't just going to agree with it, so I could get a job or be ordained, so I did my work on that. 
I mm. researched it. I did biblical study on it. I did, and I, I mean, it months and months and months of, and, and I was convinced of the arguments. Mm. And uh, the one, the one piece that was really kind of honed it in for me. Now this is Brett. People will come back, you know, could disagree with me was how we practice confirmation. It was the the, yeah. the, the right of confirmation that uh, that that kind of sealed the deal for me. And so and so uh, just real quick so we can move on for our listeners. That's as we celebrate the sacrament of baptism for an infant, um, thinking of all the things that God does and how God is present in that. And then we as a church have identified and set aside as a part of our life a time where the child then makes that decision one for their faith in Christ, mm -hmm. but also to make firm in their own way mm -hmm. the baptism that they partook in when they were That's unable right. to answer for themselves. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. And so it was at that point I was like, okay, okay, all right. This, this is makes fine. a little more sense. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. So uh, th my whole thought is here is, uh, wow, we can have actual discourse about yeah. things that we believe without, without being thoughtless, without oh, you listen, know destroying yeah. each other. Look. Nobody has to slash anybody's tires because they disagree with somebody. We can think and talk and study and all this good stuff. I love it. Hey guys, yeah. um, what's up, Brett? You know, hey, uh, do you know um, what you call somebody? What's about to happen? <laughs> what's about to happen? Who um, an eye for an eye, two for a tooth? <laughs> what blind and can't eat? That doesn't sound good to me, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I mean, actually, it's I, even worse if you do if you do eye for eye and tooth for tooth. That's two people that can't eat. That's very true. That's true. Golly, <laughs> I just don't want any of that, especially that whole can't eat part. I just, yeah, I mean, that vengeance. Anyways, um, I'm hungry right now. I just wanted to bring I need to get some pop tarts this conversation, or maybe a kale smoothie <laughs> or kale. Not no. So far away we from were that. so far away from that, <laughs> and you brought it back. back. Hey, hey when go it comes ahead. to when it comes to issues of life, especially when it comes to these issues like this and and discourse, and um, I know Jim is, I am, uh, Alan. I don't, I don't know for um, himself, but um, um, big fans of the West Wing, and. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> That's oh, how yeah. I, that's how I rocked Hunter to sleep when he was a child. I was right, we're renaming this yeah. podcast the West Wing podcast. Yes. The, the West Wing podcast. So, uh, but there's that uh, uh, in the first season um, when uh, Toby, uh, the character Toby, um, is trying to figure out the whole um, death penalty issue that's going on yes. um, in that in that, and um, he's talking to his rabbi. And, you know, the rabbi just really kind of puts it out there, and it really is poignant for me, even as a Christian, as a Christian who believes in the Old Testament and believes that it is it matters, is, you know, this idea of ultimately it comes down to vengeance is mine, says God. Hmm. Like, God, and, and, and the rabbi says, it is God's provocative, uh, um, it's God's um God gets to God. He, I think he said God gets to kill, not us. He says God gets to kill people. Yeah, not us. Yeah, if you'd like, I actually have a book of all the scripts of season one, uh, <laughs> and I'll let you borrow it. One Thank day. you. I appreciate that. Do you, do you, you really know that say? Because I actually yes, believe, I do. I, I no doubt. Do. I, was, I have I seasons was, one through four. You can buy them on Amazon. That's well, awesome. I mean, just that's because you can do it doesn't mean you should. <laughs> How many drones do you have, Alan? Yeah, one. <laughs> How many Legos are on your desk? Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> All right, let's play. You want to okay. play, son? Let's play. Oh, let's I think I was. There's some. I don't know. There, I'm pretty sure we're 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 getting close to breaking one of the commandments here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, All right. so yeah, 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 There's yeah. a there's a question that brought up on our uh, on our catechism and uh, talks about the terms that. The answer uses for God. Have we talked through all that already? Yeah. The uh, well, not. I mean, we we hit on it, but we didn't really yeah. go through it. You hit, what, say what you're gonna say. Lord God and Redeemer. Yeah, the Redeemer. Um, and I guess we talked about it a little bit with yeah, the Exodus conversation. Yeah. Um, but man, that sure is a lot of reason to. One, it's beautiful to just think of God in the way right. that the Bible and Christian tradition talks about God. Yeah. But all right, if we've already done that, then maybe I was uh maybe I was too hungry and off to get a pop tart at that point. <laughs> well, fair enough. <laughs> Man, you are you're hit, getting all the uh the big hits here with these references. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. We're going we yeah. should play Potakis's bingo with this episode, we should. I guess. We should. And and you know what I loved in the beginning of this episode, brought, brought Brett brought 
a reference from 1997, <laughs> which means he's really moving forward in I time. He is. He's so almost in the 2000s. The, I know. I haven't He'd only watched movies from the 80s. Be careful about something... Y2K, Brett. Y2K, oh. be careful. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I'm, I'm what still a running. hoax. What a, still, what a hoax. I'm still running my uh, Windows 3.11. So. <laughs> wow. Um, so anyway, uh, hey, I guess we're uh, going to be winding up this episode. What a great discussion. And uh, one of the things that I have um, enjoyed, and even with your question there, uh, Jim, is, yes, I we can have you, these. You feel pushed upon, don't you? No, 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 no. I love this. This is where I thrive. Yes, but, perfect. Uh, this is, but I will say, if Christian belief matters, then these discussions have to happen. Like you've got, it, it has to matter in every aspect of our lives. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's what I'm appreciative of this kind of discussion we've been having for the last 15 minutes. So mm-hmm. um, uh, thank you for that. Hey, in the next episode, we've got a special guest coming, um, a guy named Tony uh, Miltonberger. Um, and y'all are like, who's that? Well, he is with the Reclamation Podcast. That's his podcast. It's a podcast about best practices, Christian practices in everyday life. Um, and he's also part of the Spirit and Truth Network. And uh, those are, you know, friends of ours, uh, David Watson, Scott Kisker, Maggie Ulmer, all those, uh, the people who put out Firebrand Magazine, which is something we, we love as well. Well, Tony's with that network and his podcast is, and um, he's a great guy. He's got a great podcast. So y'all give it a listen, but he's going to be on with us on our next episode that will be coming out. And uh, we are excited about that. And we're going to be talking about the first commandment. The first Ooh. commandment. We're actually going to be getting into the commandments, and so that's going to be that's going to be awesome. Hey, have you guys um, ever seen the Rookie of the Year? The with, uh, uh, the guy, with, the the guy, the kid who who breaks yes. his arm and then yes, he comes yes. grows back and it's got super quick. Well, uh-huh. na- I think I forgot his name was like Rosen Rosen. Uh, um, it's uh, oh my gosh! It's uh, what I want to say is what the coach Rosenbagger, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> it's like Rudy Heimer, Rudy Gilbert, but the coach always go. Uh, it calls it by a different last name every time. I feel like that's what we're gonna do with Tony. Tony, would just, Tony, just be calling Milton him different names. Heimer. Here. I feel like I feel like if Tony listens to the end of this episode, he's not gonna come on the next no, one. Tony, Tony, we say this with love. So just, just, Tony, we do love you. We're gonna reclaim your name. <laughs> I see what you did that. I see. Yeah. That was very nice. That there. was very nice. Well, um, we're excited about that next episode that will be coming uh, soon. But in the meantime, uh, share us with your friends and family uh, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Uh, you can also check us out on social media. At Podakesis is where you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and on Instagram. And uh, as always, go to Apple Podcast and leave us that five-star review and help us out there. I'm Brett Maddox, and these have been the best co-hosts. Jim Morrow and Alan Kaysen, and we will talk to y'all later. Y'all have a good one.